This is the Podcast Inc. production. Booyah! This is the moment podcasting fans listening around the world have been waiting for. Coming to you not so live from a listening device of your choice. It's time! Podcasting out of this corner, a mixed martial talker, holding no professional record. He stands at six feet one and one half inches tall, weighing in at whatever he feels like, hailing out of Toronto, Ontario, Canada, presenting the sometimes angry, always funny, Self-proclaimed podcasting champion of the world, Steve Fingerstyles! So, welcome to another rendition of the podcast. I am here once again, always again, and brought to you by First World Collectibles, if you're into nerd culture, if you're into sports memorabilia, if you're into wrestling memorabilia, please visit firstrow.ca. Use promo code THEPODCAST20 to receive 20% off. They got a ton of stuff from all the major sporting leagues, signed, old school, new, whatever you want. They got it. Comic books, wrestling stuff. Best place to do all your nerd shopping all in one shot. So please visit firstrow.ca. Best thing is they ship worldwide. Even better, they update daily. And if you're into video games and books, please visit bossfightbooks.com for great books on classic video games. You'll find titles like The Legend of Zelda Majora's Masks, Final Fantasy VI, NBA Jam, and so many others. Everything you see on their website is available in paperback and ebook format, so please check them out at bossfightbooks.com. And if you want to support me directly, you can visit my merchandise store at tpublic.com or scroll down on today's device. It's embedded right there in the description. Click on that link takes you right to the merchandise store i got everything from hoodies to t-shirts travel mugs phone cases but the most important thing the freest thing the best thing to do to support the show each and every week is rate subscribe review on all major platforms most specifically apple Podcasts, stitcher tune in soundcloud spotify and iHeartRadio. radio so this week i'm joined by the writer and executive producer of wu-tang and american saga returning guest and my long-lost relative, Gabe Fonseca. What's up, man? We probably are long-lost relatives at some point, right? It has to be. like, And I just actually, because I had some family visiting from Portugal, some cousins, and I had like some little gaps here and there of, of my family tree because my parents really didn't tell me a lot. My mom ended up passing away when I was young. She was the info, had everything. Even from my dad's side, she knew everything, right? So my dad doesn't know a lot. So we were trying to get down like to the nitty gritty of stuff, like what's my actual grandmother's surname, like all this stuff. Because back in the day, you were just so and so, like you were Gabe from California, like you know what I mean. You didn't have a last yeah. name, right? Yeah. So we're trying to get all this nitty gritty, but we ended up finding out that the Fonseca name originally originated from Romania as gypsies. Oh, 
Interesting. I didn't know that. And, you, and right? so she 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 has some. Wow, that's that's some good ancestry work that somebody's done there to to go that far back, huh? Well, that's what I'm thinking, but it comes actually from my grandfather's side, oddly enough, because we were talking about my grandmother's, and then I actually said, I was like, well, Fonseca, that, like, that's an old name, and they're like, yeah, it is an old name. We even have, like, a coat of arms, like, if you Google it, there's an actual coat of arms, <laughs> like, you know what wow. I mean? So it goes way back, like, this, like stuff like this just blew my mind. Now I'm dying to do my ancestry to actually see what's going on there. Yeah, yeah, like I said last time, I run into, I run into, um... A, a, a wall and when it hits like Cape Verde, Cape Verde Islands like my family's from the Cape Verde Islands and right. like that's where I can't get past you know I don't have any records past that so that that's all but I'm but I'm sure like you said like you know it all goes back to some some place in somewhere in Europe Portugal or Romania or something that uh that we're all probably if you if there's a tree I'm sure we're all in the same tree somewhere you know what it would be funny if we're like the one of the original not races but original people here like on earth because again <laughs> I like even working for the company I work for, like it's an international company and I see the directory, like there's Fonseca's in Brazil, in Mexico, in Austria, like it's like we're everywhere, like obviously Africa too. So it's like, what the hell? Like what's going on here? <laughs> whenever I run into a new, uh, another one, it's like, but it's crazy. There's so many, but whenever you run into it, I'm like, are we related? We got it because it's, it's a common name, but it's not super common in the U S you know? And it's, right. so, it, it's like, uh, and you, yeah, it, the one of the things I mean, I don't know if uh, this is a little off topic, but we'll go for it. you said Brian is the other Fonseca, right? Yes, that will be joining us later on on the show, correct? And I don't know if he's in the WGA, but every time I show up at the WGA, we're on strike right now. The writers are on strike, and every okay. time I show up at the pick line, you have to check in. And I give my last name, and I'm like, I'm the only Fonseca in the writer's guild. And they're like, is it Gabe or is it Brian when I check in? And I'm like, it's Gabe. I was like, I didn't know there's another. I don't know. If Imagine. If it's if it's your Brian, but well, we'll see because he he's a sports journalist. He is an author. He's put out a book, so I don't know. Maybe he. There's a possibility. He's the other. He's the other Fonseca. That would be hilarious if it is. My goodness! Now now the pressure's on him. You better show up because if he doesn't, <laughs> then this whole bit went to nothing. But <laughs> but no, hopefully he will be able to join us as of this recording. Just so people know, I'll be very transparent. Today is the NBA draft, so Brian is busy. Like I said, he reports on the nba he follows the nba everything a lot of the stuff he does is nba related so a lot of trades right now going on the drafts going on in a few hours so if he makes it he makes it if he doesn't he doesn't but at least there's two fonsecas it's still better than none (laughs) (laughs) oh my okay so right off the bat please we got to talk about this i've been dying to talk to you about it wu-tang season three my goodness my friend just when you thought you guys like, because to me, season one and two is pure, strictly storytelling. It's showing how the group came together, all that stuff. But then part three, oh my God, speaking of like cinematic universes, my friend, what you guys <laughs> created there and what could be the outcome in future renditions and spinoffs potentially, hats off to all of you because this was fantastic. When did the original ideas come in with that you guys literally wanted to go off the wire for season three? Well, so originally the show, um, RZA and Alex, our other showrunner, their their original idea for the show was five seasons. So they oh. had this sort of map out of five seasons. Okay. And, and they always knew once they got to the, the people who haven't watched it, like you said, the first two seasons are sort of the, the building of the group, them coming together. They released their first album at the end of the second season. And the idea was always once we got to these uh, solo albums, only both for Cuban Links, ODB's album goes all these out we 
the idea was always going to be that they wanted to tell them as little mini movies. Uh-huh. And instead of showing these guys recording their albums, in which we've seen them record throughout the whole show sure. so far, instead of just seeing them in the studio recording albums, they're like, these felt like, if you remember when you were younger, when you got these albums, they felt like movies. They're very cinematic, right? They felt like when you're listening to them that you're watching a movie. And so yeah. RZA always sort of had this vision of like, what if we use them as sort of uh ways to tell the the, the movies that the albums are telling mm-hmm. uh, and, and kind of just do a little, you know, outside. Wu-Tang is always witty and unpredictable, as RZA says, and so this is a little outside of the box. So they, they always want to do that. Now, that being said, like I said, the, the plan was originally to be five seasons. Mm-hmm. So once Hulu told us we were only getting three seasons, the beginning of the third season, this would be the last one, they said, uh, we had to consolidate and sort of really rev up the you know what we wanted to tell in 30 more episodes we had to tell in 10 episodes in that Ah, last season so so we only got to do three movies we did them shorter than we wanted to we had to accelerate the storyline that was originally going to be throughout you know multiple seasons but um but it was still it was i mean it was a wild ride it was really fun a lot of fun to to kind of play in that that sandbox no it was and again obviously speaking of rizza this guy he has to be one of the smartest people ever in hip-hop like just his vision alone to be thinking that far ahead when he was that young and the thing that blows my mind was his discipline like not consuming anything not going out and partying putting his head to the i was gonna say to, to the ground so to speak and it's like just going with everything and it's like oh my god like that to me is what made me appreciate rizza even more not to mention his talents besides that right yeah no of course i mean and that's you know like you said the the sort of perseverance and the sort of dedication to his craft Jeez. but also the business mindset of sort of realizing like i'm gonna change the game and do this thing where right. i'm gonna release all these guys on solo on different labels and you know make the make the industry want and fiend for this music even more and then on top of that to be able to have the discipline to wrangle these guys who i can just speak candidly to the fact that like i've I've talked to some of them on zooms and stuff and right to to keep them all kind of focused is (laughs) is a feat unto itself and so i mean yeah they all bought in um they saw his vision you know he they saw his passion and they bought into it and uh and you know, they, since then, we've seen that they haven't necessarily. Uh, they, they've strayed as they've gotten older, but you know, that's just that's that's what happens. But that was just a. It was like a catching lightning in a bottle, and it was just a magical time, and, and it was a. Uh, it was was great and that's why this will always be like an amazing job for me no and of course and speaking of them being all together it's crazy at any point in any alternate universe they could have all split it and something horribly wrong could have like there's so many factors that could have gone to them going their own ways like you you see like the rift between RZA and ODB like in uh, I think it was the Dirt McGurt episode like you see all that stuff like in the background it's like oh shit like they weren't a perfect harmony they weren't like blood and they would go out to war well they would go out to war together but in terms of like putting out like uh content and stuff like everyone had their own speed their own whatever but yeah it was crazy to see like that backstory of risen odb because full disclosure here too uh, like i'm a huge wu-tang fan i love them i'll always you know support them and all that but i'm not like a super fan where i know all the lore and all the backstories and everything like you know what i mean so to fu- like I love how you guys incorporated this for fans like myself who yeah knows Wu Tang but doesn't know like I said the lore of it. Yeah, I mean I was a big Wu Tang nerd coming into it, but even even I didn't know like you know the Rizza when he talked about this this the fight that he had with ODB and they actually got into to fist fight. I mean we use a little creative license, but that that's 
that's true, and I didn't know that. I mean, we all—I knew that ODB wanted to be on Def Jam, but I didn't know the sort of uh, personal thing that came between them and sort of how it went down. And you know, again, just to be you know fully transparent, like he—he's there's a lot that he's not comfortable sharing, and so there's a lot that we sort of take sure. creative license with. Yeah. Um, but that's one of those situations where it's like he told that story in the writers' room about him and ODB, and he was like, you know, do I—is this something that we want to? dramatize on tv out of respect and stuff and you know we talked about it at length in the writer's room we were like i think this is something that that will really help show Crazy. both characters and where they came from and what what their points of view are and they're both right you know like we're not showing one person being wrong right. we're showing they both have different points of view and they're both passionate about it and they both have have uh, legs to stand on so um but i wish we could have got more of those those stories but you know it's tough when you're telling uh stories about real life people that are alive that you know you, you do have to sort of take a little creative license here and there no of course and it is all for entertainment purposes too so obviously you gotta you know beef it up a bit and well speaking of the dirt mcgird episode too i loved like the whole relationship between raekwon and the george foreman grill my god like <laughs> come on like speaking of stuff i didn't know either like you know obviously raekwon the chef like is that where he got his name from was from that not from specifically a former grill, okay. but he was a big like I felt so early on in the season. We uh, series we would always kind of make these little jokes or jabs for Raekwon. He's always talking about food and obsessed with food. Right. And it was like I'm like I don't know how he's going to take this. He's probably going to be like, "Why are you guys clowning me for just being this dude who just likes to oh, eat shit. all the time?" Yeah, yeah. And so, but then his book. He wrote a book, and his book came out during like season two or whatever. And okay. I read his book, and, and in his book, he talked a lot about food. Oh and shit. So, and so we were just like, you know what? It's fine. This is this is part of his identity. He liked to cook. He can cook. He's a good cook. And uh, so the Foreman Grill was. I mean, like I, I can't speak to maybe he did have Foreman Grill, but that was that was an invention of the writers' room. We we didn't. That wasn't something that came specifically from him. But uh, but he does, as Riza said, he likes he likes to get down on the on the, on the kitchen. You know, he's he likes his food. So man, that's okay. Just like touring everywhere, being on the bus with it and everything. Oh, and speaking of the bus, like. Okay, I got to know, like, speaking of creative control here and stuff and going out of the box, how much of that story did you guys really want to talk? Because it's like, okay, I could only imagine what happened on those bus trips and stuff. Like, you know what I mean? And it's like, you don't want to be disrespectful. And in turn, you also want to look like they're having fun because obviously right. people are going to be like, okay, that's not what they did there. So, what, like, was the happy medium what you guys came up with or do you guys want to add more or take away more? Um, I would say, I'm trying to think of, like, a good percentage. I would say that it's a... It's a tough balance, but that that is a lot of a lot of that is fictional. There's a lot of real life stories that we talk to the clan about about their touring days, and there's also right. been written about it. Raekwon's written his book and stuff. There's a lot of stuff in there that we just didn't, out of respect, like you were saying, out of sort of um, you know, it is on Hulu. There's certain there's, right these twenty something year guys touring touring the country. You know, there's going to be a lot of stuff that we probably just, just you know we just probably can't show. Um, so. A lot of it was fictionalized for that episode, but the spirit and the spirit of it and the theme of it is is, is what happened, you know, on the, on these trips. No, and of <laughs> course, and another episode I really enjoyed was the Legend of the Liquid Sword one, and oh my god, to me, speaking of again branching out, this episode alone could be a friggin' video game franchise if you think about. It. Has the right. boss fights, like you know, it has. That's what was going through my mind the whole episode. I'm like, shit, I'm watching a real life video game here. Yeah. No, that one was that Rizzo wrote that and directed that one, and nice. that one was also sort of uh, that was his baby. And the original script, I'll say, was even was a two hour was essentially a two hour movie. Oh shit! That, 
we had to cut down to like one hour. So I mean, he, you know, like you said before, the man's genius. He's he's a creative. Uh, he's the abbot. Um, right. It's, it's it's like it's it's a it's a joy to like. Oh. I got to drive around with him. I was on set when we were um, scouting for locations for that and stuff, okay. and sort of doing pre production. All right. And we were riding around um, in his car, like you know. I was doing edits on the script for him to try to help get it down to a, to a more manageable thing. And it was just like, like I said, I've told you before, it's like I was a kid in a candy store in this, in this show. It's sort of like, this is my life, hanging out with Riza and talking to him about, hey, what, how can we make this, this Liquid Swords movie, you know, you know, cool. So uh, it's, uh, it's, it's wild. It's fun. And it, and it was fun that, to see, you know, the, these, these movies in the third season were a little polarizing. I did notice a lot of, there was a, not a lot. I'll say there was this, a subsection of the audience who was like, "Why are you? You have ten episodes. Why are you wasting time on these movies right. that are not really telling the story of the guys?" But my answer to that is always like, you know, they are telling the. St- I mean, they are telling stories of the albums, at, uh, uh, and without watching them, you don't want to sit there for an hour and watch them just recording in the studio. At least I, right. I didn't. Do it. It's like try to do something a little creative. Um, and and yeah, if we had the chance, we would have told the story in much more depth with two more seasons, but. You know, we didn't. We got cut short, so we had to do what we, what we could with what we were given. Well, would have uh, Method Man's album been one of the episodes that you guys were to try to squeak in there? Because that's to me was like the big missing factor of the season. So the well, the big missing factor of the season was that Method Man was not very much in the whole third season. That's true too, that, um, yeah. and that has to do with personnel issues of you know Dave East is a very busy man and ah, out there recording gotcha. and doing touring and stuff and so sure. his availability for season three was pretty limited um oh, and so we had to kind of write around and, and cut out scenes with him that, that he would have been in otherwise so yes it, if we had if we had a perfect world we would have had man album in there we would have had ghost out and we would have had a lot a lot more in there than we could have but we only had 10 hours and, and sort of a limited limited resources to work well with. still hats off to you because you still mentioned the the track with mary J, obviously and that was a big part of his career so at least you got to sneak that in into there right so it wasn't yeah. like a complete loss right no yeah that was cool i mean and just again to behind the scenes stuff like i i know dave a lot of those stuff, scenes that you see with dave were shot in like the same week like he was only available for like a week and we shot <laughs> through multiple episodes you know we had to put different scenes right. in different episodes stuff so that's crazy okay i want to talk about my absolute favorite episode of the season it's not because you wrote it but the criminology (laughs) episode holy shit hook line again east coast hip-hop having the cameos from fat joe to nas to obviously big biggie like oh my god bro how did you come up with this shit like honestly I mean, I'm I'm just like again, I'm I'm grateful that RZA and Alex, our other showrunner, were, were uh, believed in me. RZA said in interviews, uh, we did we went to New York to do like a screening of Criminology for, uh, during season three. Oh, and sort nice! Of the, at the 90, 92nd Street Y, and, and we did a little Q. Well, they did a Q and A afterwards, and RZA, uh, you know, was very magnanimous and, and generous in his praise, and I, I thank him for that. But he was like in that he said that you know. We knew we wanted to do all these movies, and we were trying to figure out, you know, when each which each album came around, like who'd be the best person for that. And he's like, you know, Gabe is our our requisite hip hop nerd in the room, oh. and you know, loves you know loves this album. It's one of my favorite albums of all time. And so we were right. like, let's just toss it to him and let's see what he can do with oh, it. That's and, awesome. and you know, we talked about it. this. Is an again, it's a we have a great writers room, and everybody kind of um, was was coming up with these ideas. So mm. I, you know, I can't I can't take credit for that, but. I am a nerd and I am a hip hop nerd and the 
and wanting to put Biggie and wanting to put Nas and Big Al and, and every, in fact Joe in there was that yeah, that was like too. that was a you know a love letter to the '90s that we grew up with in that era of hip hop in New York that I that I loved and uh, and there's just opportunity to kind of to play in that in that sandbox and also sort of the love letter to uh, you know those those gangster you know the Scarface. The I was going to say play, very highly inspired song. and which yeah. I love. Like I have a, I'm looking at it right now. I have a poster of Scarface right know, in front of me. You so told me last time you were like we were talking about Scarface. Yeah. Uh, see, so it's, it's like it's oh. the same with me. That's the sign. You know, like love it. Whether it's New Jack City or Carlitos Way or Scarface or these movies that we all that we love growing up, it's like to do a version of that where we get to see Ray and Ghost, Tony Stark and, and Lex Steel sort of play uh, play those characters it was really it was really fun. It was it was a wild time. It was fun to shoot too. It was really fun. And quick notes from those episodes too. Again, hats off to you. The cop falling off the roof when the rope snapped, <laughs> fucking hilarious. I couldn't stop. That was, oh, I love that part. I, that was, a, I died on that. I died on that <laughs> hill because I wrote that and I was okay. like, we got on set and the director, Matthew Ross, who's, who's really talented uh-huh. director, we butt heads because he was like, this is going to come across as like, like comedy and parody and yeah. it's going to come across like stupid and corny. And I'm like, it's not, it's going to come. I'm just like, yeah, it is. But that's the tone of it. Like you watch some of these, you know. Pulp Fiction, which is not the same tone of this at all, but you know, right. like when they shoot Marvin in the face or whatever in the middle of a gangster movie, like that's the the tone I was hoping for. Right, and like you're gonna hang the guy off off the roof by his dick, and he's gonna fall, and that's gonna be funny, and and the real hip hop heads who like know the reference will appreciate it. So yep. I'm glad you liked it. I, I know when we saw the the screening of it, and I got to that was the first time I got to see something yep. I've written live with an audience, awesome. uh, which was a really fun experience. But like they were dying and laughing during that part, so I was like, all right. Cool, that's respect. I appreciate that. <laughs> that's the right call. And lastly, too, not because I'm a pig, but I appreciate it every once in a while. Some nudity. Thank you for that as well. Well, yeah. well that's. A, I mean, that's another issue with. I mean, yeah, it's a. You said up in Canada, it's on Disney Plus. Right. This stuff is. So I don't know how you guys. I don't know how they get away with that on Disney Plus. <laughs> but but even Hulu, it's, it was sort of like we. We, they did, there was like some nudity in the ODB episode too, if you recall. Yes. Like, yeah. Yeah. This season, it was sort of like. It wasn't a concerted effort. I won't say that, but I will say, like, at one point in the writers' room, we talked about, like, yo, we're this is Wu Tang. This is like rated R stuff. They're Thank you. Why aren't we doing stuff that? And not objectifying. Yeah. Just, but just sort of like, let's make it feel like a rated R show. And so, yeah, that was, it, it was good to get a little of that. Because <laughs> that's the thing with me. Like, that's why I love like the Netflixes of the world, Amazons, because you have the reins off. Like, you know what I mean. So you could put the swearing, so it seems like it's an actual real conversation. And mm-hmm. even like the bedroom scenes, not saying that you need to watch them pounded out like in, in a porn or something. No. But the worst thing is, is when someone gets out of bed and wraps it, I'm like, no one does that. It just adds authenticity to this. Thank so you. Always, it's like, you know, we grew up with, if you look at the amount of rated R movies now from when we were kids, it's a lot less. That's and it's true. sort of like, they don't, they're sort of, they want everybody in the tent. So they want to be like, well, can we just cut it down a little bit so we can get people that are younger to come see it too? Instead of being like, well, let's make movies and let's make TV shows for adults. We used to, when I was a kid, they used to have movies and TV shows for adults. Uh, now it seems like it's, it's very few and far between where you make a rated R comedy or a rated R drama. And, and it's, not, it's not about being explicit. It's just about feeling like mature and, and real. No, it's so true. And again, this episode was mostly about Ghost and Raekwon, obviously. And to me, what who's the two characters that stood out the most, obviously other than Riza, because how does he not stand out, was Ghost and Master Killer. Their backstories, 
Oh, fantastic. Made you want to tune in. I was like, must watch TV to see what, especially Ghost. And then not knowing what was wrong with him. And then the big reveal and then everything. And then obviously his love life with uh, Riz's uh, sister and shit. It's like, oh my God, this was captivating shit. Yeah. No, I love, that's again, this is one of the things that I'll, 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 beating a dead horse here but like i really wish we had the opportunity to to tell longer to tell more stories because the ghost one to me felt rushed um it, you know we we got everything in that we wanted to get but it's like if you could spend more time with them and their relationship as he gets famous right to kind of see what that happens to them and and his sickness and his diabetes and how that exactly it just was a lot of stuff to explore and it felt like you know we didn't have the the, the opportunity to do that which is unfortunate but but what we did do was was uh was fun it was a lot of fun so yeah and then the other one i mentioned master killer his background and everything and then being not sort of wu-tang but is wu-tang and then that whole controversy there and then finding out where he came from and why he was yeah. rapping it was like oh and then obviously what happened with his son after it's like oh my goodness all this stuff was like crazy yeah, no, the uh, Master Killer, I didn't realize that he, like, until I saw the documentary that he has, like, ties to, I think it's Marvin Gaye or something. Like, his, his oh, family shit. has ties to, to, like, a rich music history that, wow. that I didn't even realize that, you know, until I saw the documentary. Look so, at that. Um, yeah, like I said, I mean, like, this is stuff that, like, I'm learning as we go. And that's why I'm, like, crazy. I, I wish there was two more seasons so I could just soak up all the other Wu-Tang, uh, you know, facts over the, over the years. Uh, but, you know. You know, it, it is what it is. We we got to do three seasons. A lot of shows don't even get to do that. So uh, you know, I should be I should be grateful. No, that's right. Now it's, it's revered. Like you know what I mean. It's to me, I think it's one of the best hip hop told stories for TV on the small screen. Like you know what I mean. Like it, it's up there. Like I wish people would go away from the movies of telling about hip hop. Like I loved the Notorious movie, but I will. And even the TV show was okay at the time. But I want to see like like you said three to five season like a nice story arc from start to finish of these amazing people's careers like from when they're down when they're up all in between because you miss a lot of that in the movies and i think that's why we haven't really seen a good um, okay maybe the nwa movie that, that was fantastic but other than that can you think of another one that pulled it off like that no because it's, it's like what you said is that the the unless you focus so if you're going to do a movie about a particular hip-hop uh, icon or something it should be, in my opinion, it should be focused on a specific moment in time oh. that you want to tell. For example, sure. like they did, if you remember years ago, they did Selma, um, the MLK uh, story. And, right. and they just fit, focused on the Selma and the march. And that right. was, and you're not going to try to tell the whole story of MLK because you can't do that in two, two hours. It's just like the Pac movie. You can't tell the whole two parts. Like you can't do that justice, these characters and these people's lives. But if you were to tell like, you know, the you know the recording of ready to die or something like that right Maybe you can tell that in two hours or something like that but you oh, good the, point. the idea of trying to span the whole time you need long form storytelling you need three five seasons if you're going to tell if you're going to do that um but it's really i mean the tv landscape right now they are doing a lot of ip they're doing a lot of real life biopic type stuff yep um but at the same time, they they are kind of stingy with how how many seasons you get. Like it's like if you're not hitting after the first season, they're like, eh, okay, well, we're not going to give you uh, the runway you need to tell these stories. So, <laughs> which is crazy. Well, speaking of runway and clothing, another big story arc on Wu Tang was the Wu Tang clothing, like the store, the whole wear and everything. Like, were they now looking back? Were they the first brand? Like, did they beat everyone to the market, or was there something? And I, I, I'm not talking about Fubu and that. Yeah, I'm yeah, saying yeah, like. No. Clothing, like, yeah, hip-hop, like, exactly. Yeah, I, Rizzo will tell, yeah, I mean, as far as I know, yeah, and Rizzo will say, you know, um, 
They were. They were revolutionary in that sense. Right? I mean, they wanted to be in Macy's. They wanted to be, you know, this this recognizable brand. And and Power was the one who kind of spearheaded that. Yep. Um, which is another business form. And they, and they were. I mean, I had, I had blue wear when I was young and stuff. Because I, I, if you remember, they had like the little sendaways in the CDs. Like if you bought the CDs. Inside That's they right. have like the, the mail order thing you could send away for the uh, you know so suburban kids all over the country could just you know, get their woo wear. So smart, <laughs> that was so smart. Okay, now I gotta know. Do you think he should have sold when he got offered? I, that's, and it's funny that was the long debate in the writers' room too. Oh, we like, okay. This, did this happen? And Rizzo was explained that he you know that he wanted it to. I mean, there's two sides to it. Like, I do think there's a world where had they sold, uh, it might have poured gasoline on what was already on fire and, and made it even bigger than it was. Oh. Uh, but I also think that losing control of it, you know, would, would have, could have possibly been a detriment to their, to their brand. I mean, Riz has done That's a really true. good job of kind of protecting the Wu-Tang brand uh, throughout the years and, and making sure that it's not sort of diluted by, by other, other people latching, latching onto it. So uh, I don't know. I think it was, I just, that's probably the, you know, it's probably the right idea. <laughs> well, okay, m- here's my take. Not that my take even matters, but for the vision that Riza had, and yes, for Wu-Tang, no, they couldn't have sold because then, yeah, it would have done something bad for the marketing, for everything, like just a brand in, in its own. But if he knew that was the end of Wu-Tang and after forever there was no more albums and that's it, they go their own ways, yeah, obviously you sell because who cares? Then you're making the residuals, right. obviously, right? So you're literally right. getting paid forever. And we're going to talk about it. Like even in the Jordan case, like we're going to talk about the movie Air soon. And it's it's like that. Like, you know what I mean? You'll be rich forever. Like you'll always have some source, source of income. And on that note, if anyone ever wants to purchase the podcast in the backlog, it's up for sale. Please offer me your best offer. I'll sell it tomorrow. I have no vested interest in this other than talking to cool people. And I could do that and just name another show. So no worries. <laughs> Nice. Priorities. I like it. I like it. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, speaking of air, love this movie, my friend. I'm a huge Jordan fan. I, I mean, sneakers-wise. Like, to me, I like. I have a ton of Jordans. That's my preferred shoe to wear. I, you'll never see me in anything other than a Jordan, unless it's a sandal or a slipper. And even those, I still have Jordans in those, too. But, <laughs> but anyways, yeah, I love this movie from top to bottom. It was fantastic. I want to know your thoughts, again, coming from the writer's perspective of things. Because to me, it's one of I think top five basketball movies of all time. I dare to say. Yeah, I mean, I would I'd have to that I would have to think about because I mean I don't consider it a basketball movie. I guess I'd say that I don't consider. See, it a but what's the parameters movie. of a basketball movie? That's the I thing. Think it needs to be a basketball game that takes place in the movie for it to be a basketball movie. Well, it <laughs> like, does take. Should- Place, no, but people playing basketball in the in the movie. Well, there's NBA game. highlights throughout the movie, so yeah, that doesn't count. That doesn't, I mean, I'm not. By the way, I'm in agreement. I like it. I'm just saying if we're gonna if we're gonna put okay, gotcha. You know, put it in, it's like in the same as like Hoosiers or you know you know these other movies. Like it has to be basketball going on in the movie. But that being said, um, so I I really enjoyed it. But I, I before I, I talk about what I like about it, I do okay. want to just. My, this is the cynical nature of, of, of who I am. But right, please, let's there is it. a lot of, uh, like I said earlier, there's a lot of biopic stuff right now, and in, in that same realm, there's a lot of what I just consider like long commercials movies, and I, and I don't say that insulting this because I really enjoyed this. But there's Tetris, there's Blackberry, there's the Flaming Hot movie. I don't know if you've seen this, which is about Flaming Hot, and it's like these are just sort of glorified <laughs> commercials about yeah. these products that get you to go afterwards. And again, 
I love Jordan too, so I watch it and I'm like, Jordan, like, yeah, I want to go buy a new pair of Jordans after I watch the movie. So it works, but it's sort of it's cynical in nature of of how it gets made, right? You know, it's yeah. sort of the studios go, hey, let's make a movie patenting everybody on the back about how Jordans are made. There's not really a, a bad guy in that movie. There's not really a villain. The conflict is sort of just like, hey, look at all these guys who are going to make millions of dollars making a cool shoe. And again, as a fan like you are, I'm like, I'll sit there and watch it because I enjoy right? that. And that's that's fun. And I, that and the, just the story of how it came to be and the com- and the conversations behind people, I'm like leaning forward, like, well, this is fun. This is interesting. But I just don't want that to become the norm in Hollywood. And it seems like it is becoming more and more normal because it just seems like a very easy layup of a, of a movie. Like, let's pick a brand and let's let's just tell how it was made. And there's not and people will just tune in because they like that brand or something, and then they'll they'll watch it. So. That aside, I really did enjoy it. That's just my sort of like, I, I, I tiptoe around it because I'm like, I see firsthand in Hollywood when I go into meetings to talk about stuff that, that people want to make, it's, this is this kind of stuff that they want to make. And they expect, they're like, we have this property, why don't you give us a pitch on it? And you're like, uh, are you interested in hearing any original material? And they're like, no, not really. And it's sort of like, that's, that's depressing. So, Right? Yeah. No kidding. Like, oh. <laughs> It, it, it's so true. Yeah, I totally see it. But again, maybe because I'm already a Jordan fan and I wasn't watching this to become a Jordan fan. I just wanted to know like the story of how, it, because again, even though like I'm a bit older, I was born in 79. Jordan was just breaking into the league while I was still very young. And I didn't have any knowledge of what sports really was. Yeah, I liked it, but to appreciate it, I only started appreciating it once it hit the 90s and they started winning the championships. Like, you know what I mean? So to go back and to even... Oh, no, that was, I mean, just to be in that world, right? The nostalgia, the little things they show that 80s era. It's like, yeah, I eat it up. I love it. It's, that's my, that's my, that's my era. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm currently developing another show of that era right now that I, uh, I can't really talk too much about, but I think I mentioned to you. Uh, yes, you did. Enough. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but that's my era. That's the that's what I love. That's my that's my wheelhouse. So I, I was I was very much a fan. Yeah, no, it, it's so crazy because the, there's so many standouts about this movie. Like the one thing right off the bat was because again, I grew up as Nike being the cool brand. Everything else wasn't on par with Nike, but to, like the percentage of the market share of, of the shoes, like what was it? I think Nike only had like a third at 17%. Like to think about that in today's yeah. standards where they literally own like at least half, well, maybe Adidas now came back because of Yeezys, but now they fell off again. But you know what right. I mean? It's like, what the, f- that's crazy to think of those stats back then. Yeah. To see that they were almost out of the, the basketball business <laughs> and then to see how, where they ended up. Yeah. It was, a, it was a fun ride. I mean, I and, and Matt Damon and Sonny Vaccaro. I'm like, eh, the casting could have been a little different, but but but, uh, <laughs> but the story was great, and it was, and I loved how they didn't, how you didn't see Jordan, and how you, you focused on like his family and sort of like the the process of how it got there without the distraction of being like that dude doesn't look like Jordan, you know, like casting somebody who doesn't look like Mike. Yeah, no, and uh, before we get into that, so. The third Fonseca has joined the crew. Another long-lost relative. You may know him as a sports journalist, a podcaster, an author, and a content creator. The media mercenary himself, Brian Fonseca. I love sports, this. Sports media mercenary, baby. I, I came up with that on this show. See? And I've, I've run with it because, listen, until, until somebody uh, has the, the foresight... And I would even argue the balls uh, to deliver a full-time contract to your boy. 
uh, sports media mercenary it is. It's just the way of the industry. It's not even my. It's not my choice. It's just this is how this is how the game is now. No, we're all gig workers now. This is how it is. <laughs> <laughs> right. This is all contracts and freelancing and handshake agreements. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Everything but the brown paper bag. How's everybody doing in here? <laughs> I wish this was a, a, a visual podcast because they could all see this, this. I feel like we got the same look going on. You know what? It's so true. We have to be related then, right? Come on. <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay, we'll see what happens if the world's going to end up having three Fonsecas on a podcast. From you know, The funny thing is, is all three of us, originate our bloodline from three different continents and now we're all on the same continent how fucked up is that <laughs> we have portugal we have puerto rico with me and we have cape verde my, my parents are uh, my dad's cape verdean oh shit yeah we are different <laughs> right how crazy is this <laughs> and all in some sort of form of entertainment too so hey it was meant to be it was meant to be. <laughs> okay, Brian, I brought you on because I want to talk NBA talk. Season's over. Everything's done. Like I said off the top, we mentioned that it, as of this recording, the NBA draft's going to happen any second. bunch of trades going on. So let us finish up our air talk quickly, and then we'll yes. transition right into the NBA. So, okay, I, I know you, you didn't really watch air, Brian, so this is more towards Gabe, obviously. Like, the, most of the takeaways from this movie, like I said, I mentioned off the top too, was the 17%. Was okay. I don't know. How do you believe this story? Okay, again, being a writer, coming up with the term "just do it." Do you honestly think it was some inmate on death row? No, I heard. I've heard different takes of that before, and I have read something like that before. But I think that's sort of that's creative license for. Okay, it's, okay. It's, 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 I mean, right? I I mean, it's Has to those, be. It's one of those mythological those stories that you pe- hear people talking about. That I'm sure that they, somebody in, at Nike is sort of you know floated that as a thing and then somebody latched onto it but just how in the same way how they tried to say like did did david falk come up with air jordan or did pete the guy who made the shoe come up with air jordan right uh, you know six of one half dozen the other who knows you know both people will try to claim it as, as their own but as long as we got it that's all that matters right? you know what and it's so true i obviously i own a pair of jordan once freaking fantastic design still to this day it's like one of those perfect type of shoes that will always transition and do through through the test of time and again speaking of characters the creator of that my god that character alone again again i don't know if it's hollywood propped him up a bit more but still i guess you had to be sort of that quirky to be that original and think out of the box right yeah i didn't know anything about him and i I guess i I said at the end they at the end of the movie they have like a good 10 minutes of explaining where everybody is you know it's like you got to read the last 10 minutes movie but they did say he I think he died before the premiere, which yeah. is uh, that's I would so like sad. To, yeah, I would I would have loved to, to know more about his. I'm sure you can find it online. I'd love to I'm know sure. more about about him, but he's, he was a really interesting character. Yeah. And lastly, the, I think the most important and the focal point of this whole movie was Jordan's mom. My goodness, the the business savviness in this woman, fantastic. Like, who would have thought for her to negotiate that percentage for the rest of his life? Like, now look how much money this man makes just off a shoe. Yeah, I mean, that's what I thought I thought was really interesting. And I, I love that. I, I love that they didn't shy away from, like, explaining that and also explaining sort of like, you know, Sonny Vaccaro was saying, like, look, this is leaning into this. <laughs> this is sort of my own politics, but leaning into the exploitation and the, the sort of capitalism and how screwed up it can be in the movie when they were, he was basically explaining to her, like, this is not how it works. They don't let people like us like workers share in the profits and she and she stood her ground and was like yeah but i know i'm valuable enough which is 
You know, right. It's a, it's a sort of a, a not a tip of the hat to the sort of labor movement and people realizing like if you realize your worth and you realize that you can come out here and say like look Thank this you. is how much we're worth you stand up for it you can get what you're what you're worth but um I don't know also I mean look I don't I don't profess to know the the history of this stuff but like is that is that true that his mom like I don't know is that is, is I hope so or was that David Falk and they decided to put it on his mom a little bit like I don't know right yeah but either or whatever whoever came up with that idea whoever again did, yeah to me that's like mind-boggling and even just thinking then even just the whole shoe wearing in the NBA alone like the percentage of having the white part on the shoe and then Nike saying that no we'll take the fines whatever and then that changed the course of everything especially yeah. when it comes to even the uniforms afterwards like you know what I mean for sure. I, yeah, I don't. You know, one of the things that uh, I thought was funny in the movie, they tried to they tr- <laughs> they tried to make it seem though that like that Bakara, like that nobody knew Michael was going to be a star. Like at the end, yes, he was like, ah, he might. Like, like nobody knew, and yeah. I'm like, okay, like yeah, Sam Bowie, we we didn't realize he'd be a, a bust, but like people knew Michael was good. I, it wasn't sort of like, oh, he's gonna. There's a reason that that Converse and Adidas were going after him for that much money too. Thank you. Knew. So I was like, this is, uh, you know, it was fun. It was fun. I enjoyed it. I, no, I, it was. Like I said, I like living in it that a good world, movie. just the, the early 80s and seeing, oh, seeing all that stuff. It's yeah. No kid. Okay, so now, okay, Brian, I want to bring you back into this conversation here because we were talking when we first started talking about air, what we consider to be a basketball movie and some of the greatest of all time. So let's run it down quickly. What are you, like you say, your top three favorite basketball movies of all time? Hoop Dreams, if we're counting that as a basketball movie. Okay, um, for sure. It's more of a documentary, but I'm more of a documentary guy than a hey. movie guy anyway. Um, he Got Game, mm. I really like. Yeah. Oh, he Got sure. Game That's is on my, my list. favorites. Yep. Yeah, so Hoop Dreams, He Got Game. The third one is always tough. Uh, oh, actually, can I, pull, can I pull in another documentary? Sure. Yeah. The Fab Five, 30 for 30. Oh. I love that one. Uh, on the the Michigan Fat Five, Jalen Rose, Chris Webber, yeah, yeah. uh, Jawan Howard. See, it's, I'm, it's meant I'm, to be, I'm, Gabe. I'm 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 right now developing a Fat Five TV show with Chris right now. Um, Ooh. I can't I can't talk too much about it, but we're you sold me already. <laughs> <laughs> but we've been for the past like six months. We've been we've been developing. We're gonna take. We're trying to take it out before the strike happened, but but the strike happens, and now it's sort of been. And pause. Right I, I wish you the best with that because I I can't honestly because that's the Fab Five thing for a long time. That thirty for thirty was something that, and still is to some degree. Anytime that they'll just re-air it on ESPN News at a random time when it's like you know dog days of summer, I'm like gonna sit and watch at least fifteen twenty minutes of it. Oh yeah, and I'm like I feel like there's more here in hindsight because this was done in 2011 and it was I don't remember how long it was, but like. Hopefully that gets un- uncovered in your project. Yeah, well, if you remember, Chris isn't, isn't in that documentary. He was, like, noticeably absent from it. Exactly. Yeah. Sort of have different points of view. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot to explore. I'll say that, the, the, how, you know, with that, uh, the winning time thing, the Lakers thing on HBO, I feel like maybe that somebody else would be interested enough in this. It's just finding the right people of our era who appreciate the Fat Five and – Unfortunately, a lot of executives in this industry aren't mm. of that culture and don't necessarily oh, yeah. understand it. And so it's sort of like finding how to to Trojan horse or to speak the language to make them understand why it's a really important story and how important they were to changing the landscape of basketball. But 
for those people who don't have the shorthand like us to be like, here's why, you know, you know, 40 year old white men will go, you know, like, we'll, we'll want to watch it. Who don't know, who don't know the culture. But yeah, like I, I wasn't, so I was too, like I was born after that, but my brother's of that era. So I take after him one, two, a bit of a historian here and three, I, I know, know why I grew up wearing baggy shorts and black shorts. <laughs> you know I mean? like, <laughs> Love it. I'm culturally aware enough to know, <laughs> to know of where things come yeah. from. You know, yeah, yeah. I'm a '90s hip hop guy, so yeah, it's also yeah, as, as we are. Like, See, yeah, that's what we were talking about before you got on because the Wu Tang show I wrote for. I'm like, this is the sister show to the one that. on Hulu. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, okay, I gotta so finish it. This. But, yeah. uh, <laughs> That, but that's my pitch to like try to get the Fat Five. Is like it's kind of a sister show to that in the way of like the same era, the same these guys coming from inner city Detroit and coming up and, and, and becoming the Fat Five. And I think it's a really cool story. But we'll see. We'll see what Hollywood has to say. Okay, so Gabe, what are your top three basketball movies? Um, Hoop Dreams is definitely definitely up there. That's there. Um, White Men Can't Jump. The original White Men Can't Jump yep. is 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 got to be a favorite of mine still. Um, I mean, I guess Hoosiers, maybe. I don't know. Oh shit! <laughs> just, just. I mean, like, it's not because culturally, it's so. It to me, it's it's so dated and weird. But like, there's a. <laughs> it, but there's this. There's still sort of like. I don't know. There's like a soft spot from watching that with my dad when I was younger, and I'm like, yeah, uh, okay, I get it. I don't get it, but I get it. You get it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I'm gonna go right off the wall here with my picks. I'm gonna go with Coach Carter. Love that movie. That was fantastic. This is an oldie. I don't know, Brian, if you're familiar with this one. And if you're not, you got to go watch it. Above the Rim. Oh, yeah. Okay. I forgot about that. Yep. I haven't seen it in very long, but yes. And then lastly, how could you not mention, speaking of Jordan, fucking Space Jam. Come on. Space Jam. I knew you were going to say Space Jam. No. Come on. And again, speaking of Wu-Tang, Method Man's on the soundtrack with one of the best hip-hop tracks ever for a soundtrack with Hit Em Up. Like, come on. Or Hit Em I. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't don't mess with Space Jam. It's not my... What? I'm sorry. I haven't watched it as an adult. I did like it as a kid. And I I saw... they. Already, this is not a great sign, but they were giving oh. the second one on TV recently. Already? And yeah, yeah. Shit. They were giving the second one on TV recently, and I caught, like, the ending. It was, like, the last 15, 20 minutes, and I was like... Now, it doesn't <laughs> compare to the original. Again, I'll be a Jordan guy forever. Like, the whole Jordan, LeBron, Kobe, I guess, conversation, to me, I'll always pick Jordan, just because I grew up on that, and that was, like, my first great player of basketball that i watched live like career-wise like you know what i mean so i'll yeah. always be a jordan fan and like i said it's it's just crazy the amount of what shit about, uh, uh blue chips you a fan of blue chips with Shaq and penny actually that wasn't a bad movie i haven't seen it in forever either yeah. i don't even think i i don't even know if i've seen the whole thing i forgot yeah. about that movie that's right a young Shaq. he was doing a lot of shit in hollywood back then i forgot yeah. <laughs> that's one of that's the arguably one of the reasons they say that like instead of Weber, like Shaq did that movie with Penny before the draft that year, and it was oh. like let's he wanted to he wanted to play with Penny, and that's why they traded the pick or whatever for I forget what year that was, but and then Shaq and yeah, I think I mean, that make, yeah that makes sense yeah, and so that supposedly that's that's you know Chris talks about in his book he was like you know they Chris got an offer to do blue chips or whatever and he didn't want to it was coming off the timeout and he didn't want to and in hindsight if he would have done blue chips. And got buddy buddy with Shaq, maybe. Oh shit! Shaq, Shaq and and him would have ended up Orlando, and that would have been the the team for a minute. But 
alternate universe somewhere out there it happened (laughs) but can you imagine that one-two punch though weber and Shaq on the same oof right yeah 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 what if i mean what if i mean they still the king's already got screwed this king's they would have won a championship i mean we all was it 2006 2007 the lakers what was the the year when they got screwed by the the refs that's true. Yeah, it was around that time. Right? I just saw the Tim Donahue doc the other day. 2002? Oh, that far back. Shit. Oh, was that? Okay. Lakers hey, and Kings? Lakers, Kings. That was in 2002? Yeah, I, I yeah, think yeah. that was 2002. I think oh, that was shit. Yeah. That Kings team was amazing. They were so good. So good. Well, speaking of draft and NBA, obviously, like I said, today's the draft. Brian, how busy are you today, my friend? Crazy? Yeah, because it's like I did, I did four shows yesterday. Oh, my God. <laughs> And I'm not even at the draft tonight because I'm going to be part of a live stream of oh, shit. doing during the draft. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, and I was at a fight. Pre- this is the thing. Edgar Berlanga is fighting this week in New York. Yeah, and he's coming like, boxing too. That's right. So it's like this morning I'm at the presser at, at the theater and then it's like I'm coming back here. As I'm talking to you guys, I'm like uploading some of the videos yeah. <laughs> from the presser. Like I, I interviewed Edgar Berlanga one-on-one five minutes so we're throwing that on youtube nice whatever and it's like that and then also yeah the draft and with action network i've been you know we've been talking about gambling on the draft and, and my god everyone gambles on fucking everything man it's crazy now like yeah. okay how about this is there a prop if someone is gonna trip while walking onto stage is that a prop i, I don't know about <laughs> that because <laughs> these guys go deep can... sometimes man yeah i, I like <laughs> We, we were talking more about like who's gonna go here, who's gonna okay. go top See, this. Top yeah, but 20. that makes sense though. Uh, uh, how many international players could go in the Ooh, first round? That's that a good one. Um, the answer is probably gonna be four, maybe five. <laughs> oh, um, so, <laughs> but we were talking about those things, and you know, in in sports media, it's like I often joke. Uh, gambling is one of the only things that we have that the athletes haven't taken yet because <laughs> all the shows all the shows that they want to just put former athlete former athlete former it's athlete it's true and, and like a host who's either attractive or just a white dude who knows how to like go here go here go here and balance everything right yeah so for the rest of us it's kind of like alright we gotta figure out gambling and luckily for me I've been playing fantasy sports for a long time um Gambling got legalized in New York while I was at FanDuel. Oh shit! So that was that was perfect timing. That was uh, before not at FanDuel now, but Action Network. You know, at least we don't cover just one sports book. You could do a whole bunch of different shit. But in terms of the draft, yeah, busy times, and then free agency is the end of next week, and uh, you know, for for my fellas who are married. Just try try to stay married after these next couple of weeks. If you're covering or following the NBA, I am not yet, um, and uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully, all is all will be well after this uh, these couple of weeks. Well, I hope so. At least for your m- mental health, for sure, my friend. Okay, so let's rewind a remember, bit. Remember, remember, what? Steve. I'm going on vacation to Montreal uh, in three weeks oh there you go so you yeah. know at least there's that to look forward to it's like all right don't worry about it you know, i still can't believe coming. you picked montreal over toronto shame on you my friend i mean steve i went my wife and i went to montreal in the winter another one and like, jesus because I, I, I i've been to toronto before but we never okay. been to montreal so we, here's uh, what okay. i was told here's what yeah. i was told oh, i was told that toronto yeah is a lot like new york and montreal is a lot like europe and i was like kind of i live in new york Kind of yep. want the European right. experience for less money. You're right, and um, 
And it's true, it is I, a lot I, cheaper. I pitched, I pitched Montreal and Toronto yeah. early on and was overruled probably for the better financially. Uh, so we had to make a choice. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Someone coming from like a big city in the States, there, it's true. There's really no point of coming to Toronto unless you're visiting family or friends, right? So yeah, I, 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 as much as I hate to admit it, I love Montreal because again, being European myself, that feel over there, it's just a bit different. Like yeah, the people are a bit off because you know, it is Montreal, the French factor <laughs> and shit. Like, you know what I mean? But you know, there, you, you, get, you still I'm get the good people. Robbed, right? I'm not going to get robbed. No, no. In terms of like violent, no, 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 no. I'm saying like be ready to be either talked down to or there's some places that still don't even speak English. So like, for example, I walked into a McDonald's and I, literally asking for a typical iced coffee. They didn't even under, understand what that was. Someone had to call their manager to translate iced coffee. So you still get some of those parts there. So I, I, I hope you're okay with French. My wife and I speak a little French. So we were, we were cool. See? We were able to, we, we got by. All right. No, but it is beautiful, and I always try and go there as many times. Like besides Toronto, I think Montreal is the second best city that we have in Canada for sure, hands down. It's just again, yeah, like you said, the price, man. If you're coming from a big city, why are you going to pay all this money to come to another big city when it's just a tad bit smaller than, well, not a tad, a lot smaller than New York, right? So if, I totally get if it. My, if my co-host on my boxing show uh, listens to this, she will not be happy about that because she's from Vancouver. Oh. That's a, hey, but hey, I've been to Vancouver too. So I've hit the three major cities, obviously, and then not because I live in Toronto. To me, Vancouver is great, but it's really small. Like it's, it's like it's like a neighborhood. Like you know what I mean? You could walk all around the Vancouver in one day. Like it's not that big, and they don't have much in terms of nightlife and stuff. Like you know what I mean? It's beautiful. The scenery is one of a kind. You'll never see anything like it. And I suggest it's not everyone. As cold as Toronto, Montreal, right? It gets, it's not as cold. Right. No, Toronto's a little bit less than Montreal, and they get more snow in Montreal too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't. I tried to. So. That's when we went during the winter, and we were like, "We got to come back." I was like, "Why am I going to Canada in the winter?" This is no. That's just that's idiotic. Not doing it. No, no, no. <laughs> if don't. I did, I'd go to an NHL game for sure. But no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> no, okay, no. Quick, you, let me circle back to the draft because Brian, I want to yeah. ask you what uh, do you what are your takeaways right now with Portland? The thing I'm interested in is Portland. Is Dame going to stay? Is Scoop going to end up? Like, what is what does their future look like? In your head, in your mind, or what you mean. So, I, in terms of what they're going to do, have Chris Haynes on alerts because I think he's the one that's going to break that story, first of all, because he's very close to Damian Lillard. Um, I think, I don't I don't know what's going to happen, but I do get the sense, like, if not now, then when? And I remember in 2007 when Kevin Garnett was in a very similar situation. 12 years into his career, Damian Lillard would be entering his 12th season. Kevin Garnett had 12 years in Minnesota. They only got out of the first round one time. The entire Kevin Garnett run, they got to the conference finals the year he won MVP. This was 0304-ish territory. And it got to the point where it's like, okay, are they are they going to be able to surround him with talent? And they hadn't. Like, who was his second best player during yeah. his entire run there? Maybe Sam Cassell. Right? <laughs> Maybe That's Marbury crazy. Well. Marbury in the early years. Of Marbury, oh, yeah, Marbury you know? too, yeah. Maybe like uh, Wally Serbiak, like look at the names oh, throwing shit. out there. And then yeah. similarly with Damian Lillard, it's been like CJ McCollum, LaMarcus Aldridge very early on, but yeah. not quite at the same, peaking at the same time. And then it's like a lot of Alfred Camino and Mo Harkless and Yusuf Nurkic. And it's like, oof. so you get to now, and I just think it's the perfect time for them to just part ways. Like Portland didn't win the lottery, but I thought were the second biggest winners after San Antonio because it's like they moved up to three. 
you have a get-out-of-jail-free card in what a lot of people think is a three-player draft, which might really be a two-player draft because Scoot, I think, is better than Brandon Miller. Brandon Miller's good. Just, you know, be careful. And with with Portland, it's like you have the third pick. Just rebuild. It's right there. Yeah. And send Dame off to wherever he wants to go. Give him a chance to win like Kevin Garnett did. Ended up going to Boston and it worked out. And the team sitting and waiting there for Dame is really Miami. I don't know. That's if what I was going to ask you. Like, is Milwaukee? That doesn't make sense. I don't think the Knicks are quite there yet. And also Damian Lillard, Jalen Brunson as a combo. Yeah. I'm not sure. Like, that's going to – like, Miami's – and Miami, you watch their run. As somebody who has a lot of respect for that organization, likes that team, et cetera, I have no idea how they got to the finals after what yeah. I saw all year. And you watch the finals and it's like, wow, all they need is, like, an elite shot creator. And maybe some size. But they yeah. really need an elite shot creator. And it's like, huh, who could that be? Damian Lillard. Right. So it, it, Damian Lillard's already said it without saying it, but also yeah. kind of saying it. He's like, he would consider Miami. He loves Bam. And Jimmy allegedly is recruiting him. So I think where this should land is so, – because the, the reporting and all the intel is saying that they don't want to break up with each other, right? Yeah. Both of them don't – neither of them wants to go. It's not you, it's me. But one of them has to do it, and I think at some point, maybe tonight, we'll find out if it's Scoo Henderson, if it's Brandon Miller, Portland just rebuilds, and then uh, Damian Lillard ends up going somewhere. I would I would say Miami would be the favorite, though. Mm, just my Just my guess. What are they, it would make what, the most sense. What would they – contract-wise, who would they be able to part with? Because I heard, like, Bam was a possibility, but Bam, they want to stay there. Doing that. Yeah, yeah, so, like, yeah. what do you make work money-wise to get – to get Dame, I guess you have. So you have to get to forty-five million to match his salary. Yeah. You can get there with Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson, and obviously you'll throw in whatever draft capital. Yeah, three firsts and yeah, yeah. probably. Uh, Where are they picking this year? What did they have a first this year? Eighteen, which is okay. not bad, yeah. um, because their record wasn't good in the, in the regular right. season. So right, right. you have eighteen. So it'll be like twenty twenty-three and two picks yeah, deep yeah. into the future and. If you're Pat Riley, you're 78. You don't care about draft picks. Yeah. Uh, you know, J- Jimmy Butler is going to be 34 in September. You don't care about draft picks. And it's like, you. and if you're Portland, you can do this, but it would be a dick move if you if you just send Dame wherever, like, to get no, the best package. It doesn't, it doesn't seem like they would do that. No, like, send Dame where he wants to go. Yeah. Um, and I think that would be one of the spots. I'm curious to see if, if there's, like, a list or is it just one team. I feel like I feel like, you know... The Nets were a team that's been mentioned, and you know I, I don't know like where else he could potentially go, um, but that that's the team that makes the most sense. Even though package wise it would be tough, but I also think Dame, you shouldn't he shouldn't go for like a crazy package because his contract is nuts. He yeah, we make a sixty something million when he's like thirty six years old. So yeah, yeah, yeah. cool. Oh, that'd be interesting to see. I, I feel like yeah, that makes sense to me that that he's gonna go and try to get that chip somewhere else because it doesn't seem like. Right now, it seems like incompatible with sort of like we're going to draft Scoot and we're going to surround you with young talent. And like I'm not the age for that. I ain't gonna. It's not gonna. It's not gonna it, amount to anything. Or something. Portland's always had trouble getting guys there. Yeah, and it's not even Dame's fault. It's just like I don't. People say it's a city. I don't honestly don't know much about Port. Like I've never been there, so I can't really say like it's a city or whatever. And it's it's not a city that I shit on for fun, like Boston, for example. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like I don't know that much about it. Um, but I I think uh. I think it's it's just time. Like it's just yeah. time. You, you've done it for eleven years. You're thirty two, thirty three. It's like yo, you're one of the you're one of the best guards of your era. Like you yeah. might be the, you're one of the best shooters ever. 
You know what I mean? Like, you're one of the best combo guards that I've ever seen. Like, yo, go compete for championships. Seriously. Do you think it, and you don't think it'll happen today? You think it'll happen after the draft, if you had to guess? I don't think it happens this soon. Just, okay. These big trades usually don't happen right away. They right. usually take a while. I remember Kyrie Irving famously was traded to Boston like in August, like late August. Like, right. That was a weird situation as everything is with Kyrie Irving. But <laughs> I think you just have to like – it It may take a while to materialize, but I think they can agree on something soon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear that. What do you uh, – thoughts on Zion to Houston? <sighs> well, that says it all. I mean – I don't know. I think like you got Harden, you got Zion, you got Zion. Zion it sounds like the place for all these guys, the best strip clubs in the country. <laughs> Listen, you're, you're, you're correct. He needs to make better choices. I'm not even. I'm not even trying to diss Mariah Mills, but Zion just needs to make better choices. Like I just, there's, you're an NBA player with that contract. But how old is he? How old is he? I mean, I'm not. Too. I'm not defending him, but I am saying, like, when I was 22, if you had given me that much money and made me an NBA superstar, I can't promise you that I would make good choices. No, me neither, but I wouldn't have made the Mariah Mills choices, by larger point. Like, when I say make better choices, I'm like, choose different right, right, right. artists. <laughs> and for those who don't know, Mariah Mills is a porn star, so there you go. That's not the problem, honestly. No, I know, but just to tie it all together, like, <laughs> speaking of making better choices, it's like... What do you think is going to happen have, when you hook you, up with you, one, right? Have you seen the what they call the Brazilian butt lips on her? No. I, I, like, un- until the story it's broke, I had no idea what she I looked like. I don't know like. who Mariah Mills is in case anybody, my wife or anybody's listening. <laughs> if, if you look it up, look what it up. What is a porn star? If you look it up, look it up on Incognito. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're going to go down a bad rabbit hole. No but pun intended. Know, I want to say something else. Well, I was like, do you don't think Zion? You think he's going to be in, in Portland next? I mean, in uh, in New Orleans when the season starts, or no? That I don't know. Um, they seem serious about trading him, but I just I, I don't even know what that package is. I, I, you know, it's funny. I've actually talked to a couple different Knicks fans who said that they'd like to see the Knicks try to make a play for Zion Williamson, and I think that would be a very uh, Nick thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of want it like just as an entertainment thing but I also don't think look if you're having trouble with porn stars in New Orleans I don't know how much success you're going to have with porn stars in New York right we got we got him here too right. you know what I mean and like, his injury pro- I mean it does seem like something that Knicks would trade for him and then his dude is going to have a degenerate like not going to be playing again people talk right? about food in New Orleans listen New York has everything yeah. okay yeah. and also the media circus is still the media circus I'm someone who edits part time at the New York Post you know what I mean? Like, and it does some on-camera stuff at the New York Post occasionally. So, like, this city is going to be ruthless on him. And let us find out that you've moved on from Mariah Rip Mills to oh other porn stars. Oh, God. Names. Um, you know what I mean? Like, it, well, it'll, it'll wh- be out there. What's the infamous porn star that you name, love, Brian? Not, the one that you I'm, brought up in your book. What was her name? The, the we're, por- not, we're not doing that. <laughs> this is going to be taken out of context. No, so but you're the professional, apparently. Like, you no, bring up... Listen, I have... Steve, I have a lot on the line, okay? <laughs> this is as far as I'm going to go today. <laughs> okay, well, okay. It, for time purposes sake, we'll, we'll see what ends up transpiring. We'll see if your, you know, if That's your visions come to draft, fruition. Because <laughs> when this drops, all this could have already happened. Well, obviously, the draft happened. Who knows what trades could have gone down. So we'll see your crystal ball if it came to fruition or not. And then speaking of crystal balls, quickly before we wrap this shit up here. 
Let's go back because, like I said, I had you on at the beginning of the season. I'm not going to touch on all the all the predictions that we went because we actually tried to predict a lot of shit. But let's start with oh, the actual playoffs. Doing that? Damn, I'm curious to see. How let's see our final fours for the playoffs. Let's see how accurate we were at the beginning of the season. So I know I got one right. We'll start with the West for both of us. So on your side, you had Dallas versus Clippers in the Western Final. And I would have changed my mind immediately as soon as Kyrie Irving got traded. I would have told you and been like, See, no but that's the thing. You don't know, right? Because my, my idea was Dallas is going to trade for somebody that will help them get over the hump. And they <laughs> traded for the exact worst person to help them do that. Stupid. I thought it would be like Shea Gilgis Alexander or whatever. Shea Gilgis isn't getting traded now. But at the time, we were kind of like, hmm, maybe. But, yeah. And so, the Clippers can't stay healthy. So, so you're 0 for 2 there. I had on yep. the West... Minnesota, which I was way off, versus Denver. Mm. So I got at least Denver right. Should have should have picked Denver. <laughs> people were sleeping on that. People were like, the the bubble was a fluke, and Murray's never going to be the bubble version of Murray again. And I'm like, nah, I think he can. I think he can hoop. Good old Canadian man. Come on, you really good Canadian yeah, point guards. Come on, look at our track record. Come on! I, I, want, I want this. I want the Spurs to sign Van Fleet this this off season. Mm. So, they got the I mean, money he's not for Canadian, it. But he's yeah, sure. close enough. He lives got, here. He, he he's a Canadian citizen. We consider him Canadian, don't worry. But I also, I also do like Trey Jones. If they, if they, no, I do. I mean, yeah, it, it, uh, yeah. it's a, it's a win win. Love him have, and his brother. We have a lot of cap room, and I just don't know what we're going to do with it this this off season. Uh, free agent wise, it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot that that are Spursy players. Probably not. All right, let's see what our Eastern Conference Finals were. On your side, you had Milwaukee. Damn. Versus Miami. I knew I, knew I, had, I, knew I got Miami. Look at right. that. You got at least one. You went one for four. You went one for four. That's not bad. Not bad. Milwaukee, I mean, look, I, I still think that without their little injury during that series with, with, with Giannis, I think they should, they should, in an alternate universe, if trips fell right, they, should, they still would have made the Finals. Yeah, that's true. That's true. All right, my I don't think so because so, for no? whatever reason, Miami plays Milwaukee better when Giannis is there. It's weird. Like, mm. it, it, like if you look at their their series in the bubble, Giannis got hurt in that series too. It was already three nothing, and then they won a game. Mm. Milwaukee did. So this, so basically, other than the post bubble season where Milwaukee swept them, mm-hmm. the Bucks didn't beat Miami in a playoff game where Giannis was there. Weird. They just got. They got a it's, it's like it's like because Middleton makes them a little more unpredictable. Whereas with Giannis, you know he's he's the joke right. online right. is he's running dunk man. Yeah. So it's like okay, cool. He's just gonna like just try to. Bat. That's why he got hurt because people are like, oh, ban the charge, and it's like no, develop a floater. You know, so fucking yeah. euro step. Stop yeah. running into people, and then you won't fucking. He tried. He also tried to lay up over or dunk over Kevin Love and then twirl his body in the wrong direction. Like that's their own fucking fault. Get a move. Yeah. Fuck. <clears throat> Get a move. You know what European player has moves and is tall? Wemby. Yeah. <laughs> that, that that guy. Listen, man. Oh. I can't wait till his first summer league game. I, I shit. I, I I need to go to Vegas one year for summer league. For summer league. Hey, why not? Okay. Just, just want to make that clear. It's for summer league. <laughs> <laughs> it's at, boxing also, if it's there. But yeah. 
All right. What was your pick, Steve? So my pick? my Eastern Conference final. I had to go with my Raptors, of course, because I'm just an idiot. But if I had a choice, I, I probably would have gone with Miami too, because I know Brian bigs up Miami a lot, and the stats he always pulls out on Miami makes me always want to go for them. So, but I'll stick with the, my choice. The Heat and Raptors are also spiritually. I feel like they're they're close in terms of like. The executive ship, yeah, I totally yeah, get it. Yeah, yeah. the way and they run their teams. teams. Hate playing yeah. them, and the, the Raptors usually are one of the teams that I like watching the most because they're a bunch of fucking masochists who like their offense ugly, but their defense is great, and I'm like, love it. So I, I had Toronto versus Boston. Oh. Mm. <clears throat> so I don't know, man. I'm no sports journalist, but I went two for four. So. Uh... <laughs> Did you guys do this before the season Yeah, right before. We had some okay. predictions. We actually went through like who was going to win each each division and everything. We went deep. MVP, did all we, this did stuff. Did we do awards? Did we do awards? Yeah, we did awards. Okay, so let me see if I no, still have awards. it here. So get awards right. for MVP, I had Tatum. You had Luka. Ah, shit. Yep. <sighs> uh, defense, you had Bam. I had Embiid. And for coach, I had Finch from Minnesota, and you had uh, Tyrone Lou. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> Listen, uh, only one out of 30 can win. Uh, who was coach of the year this year in the NBA? I don't even remember, man. Don't ask uh, me. Who was it? I should know this. But the award wait. is so stupid. It's like they always fire whoever wins it and shit. Yeah, wait, who was it this year? Oh, it was, it was uh, uh, the Cavs old coach. Bickerstaff? Uh, uh, no, no, the the guy who coached LeBron for a minute. What's his, uh, he's coaching Sacramento coach. Oh, Mike Brown. Oh, Mike Brown, that's right. You. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, there you he go. deserved it. Shit. Yeah, Mike I did not. Th- I did not take the Kings seriously until, like, March. <laughs> and, but honestly, I, I still but, don't take the Kings seriously. No, I'm, no, that, that's a good point. I'm talking about, like, in terms of they might actually, like, make it to the playoffs seriously. Right. But but I I had been saying all year I'm like they're gonna lose in the first round to whoever they play. And That's what I've been saying. I watched the game. I was like they don't pass the eyeball test. I'm like I get it on paper or whatever. But you watch them play, and I'm like nah. I, I hate I hate the high offensive teams who can't defend. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just don't. Yeah. The reason Denver is so good is because they turned up their defense. They were like a top ten defense for most of the season, and they were really yeah. good defensively in the playoffs. Yeah. No, there you go. <clears throat> and there was a ton of stories coming out of this NBA season. Obviously, one of the big ones is Carmelo Anthony retiring. One of the greatest, you know, to do it. Like, Nuggets winning it in five. That's big. Again, I have to give shout-out to Jamal Murray. I know another Canadian. You know what's fucking hilarious? He's only the ninth Canadian to ever win an NBA championship. How crazy is that stat? Who were the other yeah. eight? <laughs> uh, obviously, Steve Nash. Right, right. Uh, Fox, Rick Fox. Oh, so wait—is it eight different people? Yeah. Or is it eight? Okay, I don't know if like they're counting Rick's. No, a- yeah, okay. Then there would be only like two or three. <laughs> right, right. I can't remember. I think uh, what's his name from speaking of Jordan? What what's the that white guy Worthington that used to play for the Bulls? He was Canadian. Oh. Yeah, that's true. Wait, you right? said Steve Nash? Yeah, didn't he win? No, he didn't. No. Did- no, I don't think he did. No, Nash never won. No, right. you're right. Think about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, because Phoenix, I was like, he did. Wiggins, Wiggins won. Like, he won the MVP, but he never won. Yeah, you're right. Two MVPs. MVP. Wiggins yeah. won one with the last year, right? So. Oh, that's right. Wiggins won one. Wiggins like is another one. Dude. I can't remember. Low key, low key, Wiggins was like their second oh, best player. Tristan Thompson won a championship, I think, as well. <laughs> Got to throw him in there. 
Yeah, that's right. Uh-huh. That's why he's on ESPN. <laughs> Seriously. Seriously. Like, they, because they want to get former champions, former all-stars. Uh-huh. You know, like, that's that's sort of, that's the other thing. It's like, you got to be a former athlete and you have to be, like, a champion. And Tristan Thompson is many things, including a champion. Well, and we'll leave it at that. <laughs> Well, gentlemen, thank you very much for coming aboard. We could do another hour if time permitted, but obviously we're all busy, busy men. So, Brian, plug your shit, whatever you want to promote. Floor's all yours, my friend. The Mandatory on YouTube boxing show. Uh, The most fun boxing show in North America, I'm calling it right now. Because we honestly, like, we'll talk about the fights and we'll break them down, uh, I feel like, as well as most or any show. But we're we're mainly just trying to have a good time. So as the show continues to develop, we got like about 800 subs almost in four months since starting it. So we are looking to continue to build that up and we're doing that. And then just find my work, uh, Action Network, your post, uh, five on the floor. And yeah, just like Google and Twitter. Like, honestly, (laughs) I'm not the easiest to keep up with because shit is just all over the place. But yeah. Awesome. Gabe, what about you? Anything you want to promote, my friend? Nah, I'm on strike right now, so I'm not doing anything. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, not hilarious, but you know what I mean. Fuck. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe the 5-5 thing down the road, but, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Well, and obviously check out Wu-Tang. Go Canadian market, check it out on Disney. American market, check it out on Hulu. It's out there. Fantastic show, top to bottom. And for myself, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter under Finger Styles. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, the podcast app. Email us your thoughts, suggestions, comments, anything you want to get off your chest at the podcast app at gmail.com. Please rewind to the top of the show. Support those fine sponsors because if it helps them, almost definitely helps me out. Most importantly, please, each and every week, rate, subscribe, review on all major platforms. All right, a couple of last questions. One for each of you, my friend. Brian, I've seen you posting some videos of training, my friend. Are you going to do some <laughs> kind of social media celebrity boxing event here? Are, are you Jake Paul's next opponent? <laughs> No, me and Jake Paul are not in the same weight class. He's a he's a cruiserweight. I am very much not a cruiserweight. Um, I, like I'm just I just you know I've been boxing for a while, but I just started posting shit because I'm taking more like proper classes. Okay. Uh, for kickboxing or whatever, so oh, nice. occasionally I'll just cut up some stuff, post really to look at my progress and to remind people that listen, if you piss me off, like <laughs> look as somebody who grew up with a bad temper. No, but it's really like, like I'm just, I'm just trying to show improvement, and I feel like if I'm gonna be like really pumping my boxing show, I gotta let motherfuckers know that I actually have hands. Uh, also, the other thing is like, listen, if I get to the point where I could be considered an influencer, right, and they want to throw down one of these uh, celebrity boxing sort of cards or whatever, and they want to have like a pool of sports media people. Where I can Smart. fight some of my peers, I'll do that for. I, there's a number I would do that for. There you I, go. I'm not even joking. There's a number <laughs> I would do that for. Hey, you know what? It's funny that that's what's on the rise now. It's like the social, like now the prerequisite to be a boxer is you got to be in social media. Like you, you got to be an influencer first, and then you become a boxer. It's crazy. Yeah, that's <laughs> just better happen soon because like I'm I'm 29, so like I want to do it while I'm still in my quote unquote athletic prime. Hey, look at what's his name. Um, I, I forgot his name. Did you hear about the boxer that's fighting in the metaverse? What? No. Oh, what's his name? Oh, my God. He just fight. The guy who just fight, fought Tyson. My God. What, what's his name? Which Tyson? That just recently fought Tyson. Mike Tyson? Yes. Tyson Fury? No, who fought the, the uh, Mike Tyson? Sorry. Roy Jones Jr.? Yes, Roy Jones Jr. He's doing a metaverse fight. Oh, for 
What does that? What does that even entail? Uh, that means he's playing a video game. He's putting on a headset, and they're fighting video game style, and people get to watch it and pay a prize and go watch them in the virtual land. Isn't that fucked okay. up? I, listen, every time Roy Jones Jr. does some dumb shit, I feel the need to remind people he is one of the illest athletes of all time. Yeah. He was the second greatest what? athlete of the 1990s after Michael Jordan. I'm not yeah. even joking. Oh, that's second how- best athlete in the 1990s behind Michael Jordan. He was that fucking good. That's a good shot. He's, he's been knocked out a lot in the 2000s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. as, as, as want to happen in the boxing world. It's very, it's why, it's why people have a short memory. That's why it's good to remind people because those who didn't, who weren't around during Roy's prime, you just see all the the latter stuff, and you're like, it, it, it's him. Not. Because it's like, who 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 who's his competition? Everybody in baseball right. was on on steroids. Uh, <laughs> in basketball, Michael Jordan was so much better than everybody else. Mm-hmm. Number two would probably be Hakeem in the '90s. I'll take Roy Jones Jr. Like, come on, he was undefeated except for one bullshit disqualification. And then he rematched Montel Griffin the next fight and knocked him out in the first round. So what do we see that? <laughs> oh yeah. my goodness! All right, Gabe, for you. If you could give the Wu Tang treatment to another hip hop group or label, what would be your first choice? Ooh. Wow, oh, man! <laughs> I mean, I just, just just for my own like love. They've okay. already done a documentary on Tribe, but I would probably oh. go to Tribe because okay. I'm I'm a big Tribe Called Quest fan. So that, that's that's a good one. What were you thinking, I, Brian? I was thinking Rough Riders because oh. uh, it could be also centered around like DMX and of course. no longer being here and stuff. Yeah. I've thought a lot about DMX randomly lately because I've been listening to a lot of his music again. Um, I don't know what that says about what's going on in my life. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, like I think Rough, Rider, Rough Riders would be interesting. Um, I think a lot of people would be still here to tell those stories too besides DMX, of course. Yeah. yeah, no, I mean, that's the, it's, you know, the, somebody talked about, I think Kenya Barris or somebody, Eddie Black was just talking about oh. doing a terror squad show. Oh, shit. Fat, Joe, Fat Joe's, and I'm like, I love Fat Joe, but I'm like, is that, I don't know, you can make three seasons out of terror squad. Like, I, I don't, I don't know how, but, but, but for your point if about, if you go Fat big Joe, pun heavy, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I guess so, but that would, yeah. I mean, that's the but, thing with Rough Riders, though, is that there's so much, there is, it's a or it's so many circling that orbit that you could branch off and tell, right? There's so many people next, you know, the lock. Locks, yeah, coming over from Bad Boy. Dragon fooling everybody and thinking his album was going to be amazing. Dragon, oh, man. Forgot about that guy. My God, what a, you pulled that one out of your ass. a better, so here's another, that just made me think of something. You said Dragon, though. Like, the treatment I'd want to do is sort of the, the the what if you know the Marvel what if sort of yeah, thing because yeah. there's so many of these MCs and dudes that can, that cannabis you know uh, Rascast Chino XL skills these people that were Chino like XL, lyricists wow. that never really hit for keep whatever it yeah keep it no but you know what I mean like these the sort of the what if version of hip hop of like what could have gone slightly different and these dudes would have would have been stars instead of just oh us. Listen, I would watch the shit out of that because I have a lot of thoughts. I have a lot of thoughts with that as it pertains to sports also because there's a lot of people. Yeah. I tell people about this all the time. Ninety per, This this goes for people also, not just athletes and entertainers and shit. 90% of people, you got to find the right fit. So there are just a lot of athletes who fall through the cracks because they're just bad organization, bad organization, bad organization. Same thing with rappers. They just get into bad situations. Yep. And, and in that world, you're very young. 
So you don't really know like what nope. the right answers are. And by the time you're 25 and you've had a few bad years, you're done. Done. Yeah, they don't even look your way anymore. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's it's sort of like yeah, that would be a great just the sort of what if sliding door series, whether it's yeah. hip hop, back, just in That's general, sort of like telling these real life stories. They want to tell all these biopics about one people. Make an anthology show about. The what ifs, whether it's basketball, whether it's sports, then you have free whatever. reign to write whatever you want. You're not like stapled yeah. to just that one story, right? Yeah, you could yeah. find some of the people who are still here too to tell those stories. That, yeah. yeah, like it's For crazy. Sure. And you could get like you know Red Man to talk about this person and this guy to talk yeah. about this person, that kind of shit. Like what? Like Jamal is another one I just thought of randomly. Oh yeah, because because he has one of the all time like funniest lines in hip hop history where he says, "I'll stick my dick in the ground and turn the whole world around." <laughs> awesome awesome how else can you end a podcast with that so on that note he's brian he's gabe i'm steve we're all fonsecas this is the podcast peace